Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. We have no more time to waste here. Let's jump right into episode 158 of the Afford Affair podcast. Yeah, it's great. It's it's amazing. If you if you notice anything different about this week's pod, maybe it's that we're not recording as we're about to go to sleep. It's also that we're recording on the road, or at least I am. Uh, I am Edward Green, joined as always by McCullen Crime, West Bradshaw, and we are having a delightful chat here uh, as we are going to go through the penultimate week of Premier League action here. Uh, we have a team to crown as champions. Uh, we have a lane to say a bon voyage to, as well as some other stories in news and notes, watch for and so raw. As always, this podcast is presented to you by NGSC Sports. At GSC Sports, we never stop, as well as I'm Next USA. Do you want to be the next president of the United States? You might have your chance sooner than you think. Just go to I'm Next USA to go to try and achieve your dreams today. Not you, right, Wes, enough bands. Not you. No, that's that's not what's next. Um, everybody, please stand for President Mike Pence. Um, we're going to get right into action here. It's not great. Uh, right into the action. Uh, first, the matches that did not matter because there have been a ton of matches since we last talked to you. A lot of makeups to be made. Um, on Friday, in, in a crucial match decided by just one goal coming from the most unlikely of sources, Ross Barkley with the winner for Everton against Watford in the 56th minute. Haha, gotcha, Ross Barkley. Take that in your new little kit. Uh, Everton get a 1 0 win over Watford on Friday. On Saturday, uh, Manchester City beats Leicester 2-1. Middlesbrough falls to Southampton 2-1. Swansea secures promotion, or not promotion, but staying in the Premier League as they beat Sunderland 2-0, thanks to goals from Fernando Llorente and Kyle Naughton. Uh, Bournemouth get a home win against Burnley 2-1. 
Arsenal demolished Stoke 4-1 uh, at the Bet365. On Sunday, Palace beats Hull 4-0, uh, which sends Hull spiraling back down to the championship uh, in, in not great fashion. Um, Liverpool hits the same score on West Ham United uh, 4-0, and Tottenham sends the lane off in style with a 2-1 win over Manchester United. On Monday, Chelsea, after their 1-0 win on Friday, where they were crowned champions, beats Watford 4-3 in a stunning match at Stamford Bridge. On Tuesday, Arsenal beats Sunderland at 2-0 with a brace from Alexis Sanchez in the final 20 minutes. And Man City rolled over West Brom 3-1 with goals from Jesus, De Bruyne, and Yaya. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a match that literally just ended before we came on the podcast. Uh, Southampton and Manchester United played a goalless match, and that's all we need to say about that one. Um, there is currently one match still being played that is incredibly important. Um, so when we hit that part of the podcast, hopefully it'll be done. But it's not yet. But that doesn't matter for the Premier League as of right now. Uh, Wes, let's hit back and uh, just go through some of our teams. Um, first, let's start with Chelsea. Um, two wins, especially the win against uh, West Brom on Friday, 1-0. Uh, Michi Batshuayi, who you can check the tapes on this one. I have told Antonio Conte from day one that he deserves more play time. Um, finally gets the winning goal, the championship winning goal at the Hawthorns in the 82nd minute. And uh, Wes, this is kind of where we are now with Chelsea. They are officially champions of the Premier League. Um, it, it's no longer the inevitable. Jesus the inevitable Christ. has happened. Um, it's fine. Um, what, you know, now that we no longer have to put in waiting after Chelsea anymore, Let's just real quick think about how will we feel, you know, in the future looking back on this Chelsea team. A Chelsea team that at one point won 13 matches in a row this season. Um, what, what is our takeaway uh, with still one match to play, obviously, in the season? But what is our quick takeaway from Chelsea's Premier League winning campaign? Uh, the 13 in a row is the kind of the big story of the year. That's what... Folks, excuse me, my entire family's awake for today's podcast, and they don't really respect any sort of noise discipline, so you're going to get that in the background today. Um, the 13 in a row is kind of the big highlight of the season, and that's what put them in this position, uh, pushed them out to the big lead. They kind of cruised on in over the last few months. Uh, no huge sense of urgency, but given up to Antonio Conte, he, he was able to keep this team focused, keep them uh, on the grind, on the task for the season. And at the end of the day, I don't think I don't think anyone's going to look back and say this was the best Premier League champion team ever. I don't even know if they'll say it was the best Premier League champion Chelsea team ever. But what they were was a ruthless team who took advantage of their opportunities. Um, obviously, the five below them who were kind of the other biggest contenders uh, did not take advantage of their opportunities. At the end of the day, Chelsea are extremely worthy champions of the Premier League. And maybe going to a summer where there there's going to be some upheaval at Chelsea on the, uh, on the playing field. But for this season, at least, they are absolutely the top team in England. 
Well, and I think one of the other big things that we might remember about this Chelsea team is, and, and you you know this better than most clubs, because Liverpool went into Stamford Bridge at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season and just throttled Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way Conte, by going to the back three, by going to David Luiz, whether he made the difference or not, um, a, 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 a signing that we roundly mocked at the time, um, that that is huge for a first-year Premier League coach despite all the success he'd already had uh, in Italy, to come in here, have that kind of a start, and turn around like that, I think is incredible. Uh, yeah, just, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a question mark season going in for Chelsea. I questioned Chelsea before the season, you know, wondering if Conte coming in, if he was gonna be able to hit the ground running in the Premier League. Uh, you know, didn't really have a team that he had built. You know, he was he was inheriting a Chelsea team that had had a complete meltdown a season ago. Yeah. And you wonder how much uh, difference Conte will make. Conte made all the difference. Absolutely the Premier League Manager of the Year, without a doubt. Um, yeah. You know, he, he took what he had and he molded it into a really good group. I think this Chelsea team would have been a really interesting watch in Europe this season. Obviously, that kind of helped, you know, no European commitments. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm so impressed with what Conte has done with this group, uh, you know, and then to, you know, the guys he did bring in, the Angola Conte, um, the David Luiz. Conte, we were like, oh, that's a great sign. And Luiz, everyone was just totally baffled and dying of laughter. Well, Chelsea's getting the last laugh on that. Once they went to that back three, David Luiz suddenly looked like a very good defender, and Angola Conte is was the uh, player of the year in the Premier League. So, you know, the players showed up, the players played for the manager. If anything, it's almost an indictment on Mourinho from a season ago, more than any, more than maybe the players themselves. I mean, they obviously have to shoulder some blame for that, but obviously, you see with this squad, with the right guy pushing the buttons, you know, big things. I think one thing, and we won't talk about it today, we'll talk about it when we go back into our Chelsea year in review, as well as the Premier League year in review as a whole. I think one thing that we can talk about is the way you're saying it, Conte coming back, and, and as a first-year coach, we didn't really know what to expect. And the, a lot of these guys weren't his. You know, you mentioned a couple of his signings. Um, I think the, the way he handled that uh, might also be a huge indictment of Pep and Josie. And because we've said a lot this year, you know, they've struggled, but it's not their teams. Well, neither in a lot of ways was this Chelsea team, Antonio Conte's. And he got them to potentially get a record number of points in a Premier League season. We'll see if it happens. But again, that is a topic for another day. Um, Let's hit uh, the match that took place on Sunday. Tottenham destroying Manchester United 2-1, I know, but it was a match that flattered to deceive the visitors as they played little more than doormats for most of the match to Tottenham Hotspur as they said goodbye to White Hart Lane. Uh, Wanyama with the goal, spaghetti for all in the sixth minute, and Harry Kane sending off White Hart Lane in style with a delicious little flick on goal uh, just from about two feet out to get them the 2-0 lead at the time. Um, 
Wes, job done for Tottenham, though. They have locked up second place in the Premier League. No matter what happens, their final two matches still want to go against Leicester tomorrow, as well as their final match the, uh, the weekend against Hull. Um, but it's back-to-back -back Champions League now for officially, that we already knew that, but now improving on last year's finish. They come back after the disappointment at West Ham a week ago, whereas last year... After a couple draws, they completely fell off, lost to Southampton and lost to Newcastle to end the season. This year, again, not the strongest of Manchester United sides for most of the time, but to have the mental ability to come back, not let the emotions of saying goodbye to White Hart Lane be too much, and to, to secure a victory, I think, is, is, is showing that this Tottenham Hotspur team continues to grow. I think the only disappointment on the day for Tottenham is that Wayne Rooney goes down in history of scoring the last goal at White Hart Lane. Uh, the fans were absolutely yeah. ecstatic thinking that it might be Harry Kane. But, you know, that's just a small asterisk in history now. Um, you know, for Tottenham, they say goodbye to White Hart Lane with, I believe, their best ever Premier League showing. And if not the best, one of the absolute best showings in their club's history over a season. Uh, it's a young team. They've come together. They, you know, it, It's the things we've talked about every week. There's nothing earth-shattering or earth-breaking here. But it's a young, exciting team who have matured, who have completely bought into to the methods of their manager. It looks like, if reports are to be believed, Pochettino is going to spurn some big-time offers and stay at Tottenham. Um, you know, the, the big thing for them, obviously, will be will, the, will a lot of their players also do that over the next few seasons? Um, Danny, or not Danny Rose, Kyle Walker has been a hot-button topic lately for Spurs fans over if he may be mm -hmm. trying to move on in the summer. I personally don't understand why anyone would be trying to push out of this team right now. But at the same time, I'm... I don't always understand what professional athletes think, so they're, they're a special they're a special bunch. Uh, but I mean, a great season by Tottenham, capped it off with the win over United. Um, you know, there is no St. Totteringham's Day. They beat they beat Arsenal. I think it's just been a great season for them. Um, and, you know, nothing nothing can really change that at this point. No, not at all. Um, so we'll see what kind of lineups they go with. A couple news and notes real quick for them. Uh, Danny Rose is uh, going to have surgery. Um, that might push his recovery into the start of next season. We'll see if that happens um, and see where that goes, as you mentioned. Um, with Kyle Walker's uh, up in the air a little bit. Um, just a quick news and note for their match against tomorrow, against Leicester, which will already have happened by the time you guys listen to this. Um, uh, Kyle Walker and Kieran Trippier are both going to be out. Trippier with a concussion suffered against United. Uh, Walker with another niggling injury uh, means right now Tottenham don't have one of their backs like at all so we'll see who gets slotted in there um i mean they could go to a back three and, and kind of take care of that issue a little bit and just use like sun as a wing back or something but it'll be interesting to see what kind of lineup pochettino rolls tomorrow um how many of the babies he plays against uh leicester city but yeah um just really great great um post game at White Hart Lane to see all those great returning players uh, like David Shinola, uh, Berbatov, um, a lot of a lot of great people in the house that day. Uh, 
so it was just it was a very fitting tribute to uh, to White Hart Lane to see it go out like that and not be as as I was slightly worried about for those final ten minutes the most Spursy thing ever to have a two nil lead and drop to a draw two two uh, to send off White Hart Lane so so we're growing we didn't we didn't bottle it good job guys good job we're not bottlers after all I suppose um, now we're gonna take a look now in in sort of the overall that that race now for the final two champions league spots that are still up for grabs um city due to their two wins have almost effectively locked up a spot um with it they would need to lose and have arsenal uh make up the goal difference in a win as well as also have liverpool win on sunday to be overtaken um liverpool though wes uh due to their 4-0 win they still control their own destiny um, with a, where a win on Sunday gets them back into the Champions League either as the fourth or third team. Um, Arsenal, too little, too late potentially. Uh, they will ha- almost assuredly have to win um, on, on Sunday to be able to get in on the, the, the Champions League. So I got to ask, Wes, first you can talk a little bit about Liverpool and their match against West Ham. Um, the other two teams basically blew out their competition as well, but who really cares? Uh, and then we can talk a little bit more about who we th- what we think is going to happen the final Sunday. So your thoughts on uh, Liverpool as they went to Upton Park and destroyed West Ham? Um, to, to borrow from Roger Bennett, West Ham had a, uh, has had a huge uh, say in how things went for the North London teams over the last few weeks. Uh, a week ago, they put Tottenham to the sword and kill their title hopes, and this week they let Liverpool put them to the sword and maybe kill Arsenal's top four <laughs> chance. So, good on you, Hammers. Um, for on the Liverpool side, it was a it was a fantastic display. Um, due to no Firmino this week, Klopp uh, starts Daniel Sturridge, which you know we've been waiting to hear those words for so long. <laughs> Dancing, you know, I've been hearing all week. Oh, Daniel's gonna play. Daniel's gonna start. So, of course, I was waiting for the inevitable, inevitable Friday. Uh, Sturridge injures calf in training. You know, walking upstairs. So, uh, but to see Sturridge out there, you know, it's really, it's really almost sad when you see Daniel Sturridge go out and have a match like he did, where he scores the opener. Yeah. Then sets up a Coutinho goal later. His movement, his passing, his eye, his vision is so damn good. And then you just sit there and think, you know, this guy has every tool to be the best striker, the best striker in England, the best English striker, especially in England. No offense to Harry Kane by any means. Um, but Daniel Sturridge has every single tool in the world, and the last few years just the amount of matches he's missed due to injury – and the amount that it has really, I mean, taken his career off the rails, it's incredible. It is just incredible. But when he is fully fit and he's firing Daniel Sturridge, I believe is the best English striker out there. And he, he showed his class this week, played nearly the full 90 minutes. Um, everything sounds good. As of this taping, has not strained his calf walking up steps. Um, so <laughs> there's a chance maybe we see him back-to-back matches. Oh, my God. Back-to-back matches. Um, it automatically ignites the uh, the rumor mill, you know, 
Sturridge was definitely on his way out. Oh, my God, but now he was so good. Maybe now we should keep him. Um, <laughs> just to finish up on Sturridge, I'm personally of the opinion, I think you keep Daniel Sturridge um, going to Europe next year. Uh, cause I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that Champions League. We're going to beat Middlesbrough. I know it. Going to Europe next year, you're going to need players. And Sturridge cannot go, obviously cannot go in the next season as your first, second, or maybe even third striker. But, you know, if you go into next year with four or five strikers at Liverpool, Daniel Sturridge needs to be one of them. The other thing is, I mean, what value are you going to get for Daniel Sturridge at this point? Yes, we know he's fantastic, but everyone also knows he's injury prone. Um, unless, about the only team I can think that may come in would be PSG. If PSG comes in with $30 million, I think then you make the move. But, I mean, why would, you know, what, what good would it do for us or Daniel Sturridge to sell him to Stoke or West Ham or something? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, then, sure. only, then he can only come back to bite us. And plus, you know, then he doesn't get the chance to uh, play in the Champions League. So I, I think it's a win-win to keep mm-hmm. Sturridge. Still got to reinforce. Anyway, on to the rest of them. Uh, Philip Coutinho, with the playing of Sturridge, um, they, Liverpool went to a two-up-top system, which I think a lot of people have been kind of asking for. It happened. Coutinho drops back more into midfield. And was absolutely mm-hmm. magical. This is more the Coutinho of old that we've seen where he has space. He has that vision. His passing range is impeccable. Uh, he can come up. He can find you a goal or two. I think we could have seen next year's Philippe Coutinho a little more in this match than what we've seen earlier in the year. I think mm-hmm. next year they're going to drop him back into the midfield more. He can do so many things. And I think he could be so much more dangerous out there than stuck out on a wing. Um, but he, he had a fantastic match. Origi comes up with a goal late. Uh, Liverpool just, other than a couple of chances from West Ham, from AU near the end of the half, Liverpool had their way. They did what they wanted. They, they took the match to West Ham, and they didn't leave any squeaky bum time late. They went ahead and put that thing away early in the second half. And Liverpool were deserved winners on the day and probably could have run out farther than 4-0. Uh, Origi had a late shot where he had Sturridge wide open out on the right on a break, and he decided to go for it and ended up missing. Um, so great performance from Liverpool. Great time for them to have that performance as this week uh, Middlesbrough comes uh, to Anfield and Liverpool with a win guarantee themselves Champions League football next season. Well, let's let's go ahead and just really quickly look. You said it. Liverpool go to uh, host, uh, return to Anfield to host Middlesbrough. Uh, Arsenal gets Everton at the Emirates, and Manchester City uh, will be on the road as they go to Vicarage Road to take on Watford, which will it's a team we'll have some news and notes about a little later on. Um, who, who do you see out of these three, West? You've already told us Liverpool. You see them getting a win, which, as you uh-huh. said, would lock them in no matter what else happens. Who, who else Who else is getting in? Does City hold on, or does Arsenal somehow, some way sneak their way? I think way Arsenal in? just too little too late from Arsenal. I mean, City are doing exactly what they need to do. City are probably going to take care of business, which would leave City three, Liverpool four. Liverpool maybe a little hard luck to end up in fourth place. But you know what? You look back at some of those shock results, and that's the difference in finishing third and finishing fourth and having to go in through the playoff. 
Yeah, absolutely. And now, I guess, to wrap up our little talk right here, um, what would be the more perfect finish to this Arsenal season? If we can assume Liverpool makes the Champions League either way, would it be to have Arsenal make it in fourth place, or would it be to have them finish in fifth place just outside? I, well, personally, you guys know what I think. I think the magic of it all would be for Arsenal to finish fourth and for uh, both Mourinho and um, Guardiola to both miss the Champions League. <laughs> and, and for that to happen, also Ajax needs to beat uh, United in the Europa Final. <laughs> Uh, a year of both Mourinho and Guardiola trolling around um, Eastern Europe in the Europa League just <laughs> puts such a smile on my face. Um, uh, Guardiola kind of turning a few heads with a comment he made after the match. Uh, I don't know yeah. if that was in your news and notes, but um, okay. No, uh, but go ahead. Saying, I didn't hear about it. You know, uh, it hasn't been a great season. But luckily, based on paraphrasing, luckily I'm not at a big club. If I was, they would have fired me. It's like, oh, oh, well. I mean, there, here's the thing. For someone like a city, you know, a team who's who, have, who are now fighting against decades of irrelevance um, and mm -hmm. are, are viewing themselves as a big club for their own world-class manager to say, yeah, we're not a big club. That is such a stomach punch to the gut of City fans. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. It is a glorious, glorious comment. It's probably my favorite thing Guardiola said all year. And, and that just that made my day <laughs> when I saw that. Um, but yes, I mean, a finger a, a sliding into fourth while Mourinho and Guardiola go to Europa would be magnificent because then, too... I, the finger out people would obviously still be there, but who could sit there and try to fight the fact that well, he's back in the Champions League? I mean, I don't think they're getting rid of the finger either way. I think he's back either way, but that would just be magical to see him back in the Champions League, ready to lose to Munich in the final 16 again. Uh, we will be discussing that much more in detail uh, next week as we do our Premier League wrap-up because it is Championship Sunday. Your schedule, we've already mentioned a few games, the only three that really that matter, but here's the full schedule. Uh, again, Arsenal hosting Everton. Chelsea gets the honor guard uh, as they host Sunderland for their final Premier League match before they drop to the championship. Leicester and Bournemouth play at the KP. Uh, Liverpool gets Middlesbrough. Manchester United plays out the schedule because they obviously don't care um at old trafford against crystal palace southampton gets stoke at, at st mary's watford man city as we already told you hull its final premier league match for at least a year as they host tottenham at the kcom burnley and west ham go at it at turf moor and swansea hosts west brom as swansea stays up take that bob bradley at the liberty stadium all those matches sunday at 10 o'clock find a channel guide for to see where it is because it's all over the NBC properties. Every single channel gets one. If you're flipping it on Esquire at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, you're seeing soccer this week. Sorry about you. All right, as we take a look at the Premier League table, just real quick, uh, again, Chelsea champions at 90 points, Tottenham locked into second place at 80, Manchester City in third with 75, Liverpool in fourth with 73. If both of them win, or if City even draws, they're both in. Arsenal right now in fifth with 72. United, K 
can go no higher or lower than sixth place. They are at 66 points. Um, Everton locked into seventh place and Europa football. They are at 61. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. Swansea stays out at 38 points. Hull, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, they're all taking the drop. They're all going back to the sky. And we'll take a look over the next uh, few weeks Which, at some of our, I'm sorry, we'll take a look at the next few weeks at some of our predictions and see what we got right and what we got wrong. Oh, yes, that will be all in the wrap-up. Some of them actually did come true yep, this year. we're good with it. Yay. In fact, I actually picked second place dead on. Go me. Hooray. <laughs> I'm so happy to be right about that. Yeah. Yay. Um, we would love to get you uh, some more news and notes on the Skybet Championship playoff. Um, and we can tell you that uh, Reading did beat Fulham yesterday. Uh on a 49th minute penalty by Jan Kermorgant uh, as he sends Reading into the final uh, beating Fulham uh, and Reading will head to Wembley on May 29th to take on another team we, we don't know yet Sheffield Wednesday and Huddersfield Town both scored goals in, uh, in normal time and because they don't go by away goal rules in, in regular time they're locked at 1-1. They are in the 110th minute right now in Sheffield. And we'll see who comes out of that. We should, so we should have you that before. When that match done, ends, I, I would imagine so. Um, so we will see about that. Um, but that is what's going on right now. Sheffield wins the Hurtsfield. Um, but Wes, I know you are maybe a little distraught that Fulham will not be making the trip up to the Premier League. Say that again. I'm sorry. You broke out just a little bit. Sorry, I was just saying that uh, you, you're a little a little distraught that Fulham won't be making their way to the champ, uh, back up from the championship this year. I'm stoked. Let's go get Sasson Yon now. Let's go get the best young fullback in England. Let's go get him, boys. <sighs> Ryan Sasson everybody Anyway, um, uh, now we go to so let's talk about the Europa League since the that's still going on. Um, <laughs> Both teams getting scared to death onto the route to the final. Um, Ajax, they took a 4-1 lead into France and almost threw it all away and then some. Things got off started. Casper Dolberg scored for Ajax in the 27th minute at the uh, Parc Olympique. And uh, you thought, okay, Ajax is now up 5-1 on aggregate. They got their away goal to neutralize Lyon's away goal. That's the tie. That's that's it. Done and dusted. And then right at the end of the first half, uh, Alexander Lacazette, in what might be his final important match for Lyon before moving on, scores two goals in the final two minutes of the first half, one on a penalty, to give Lyon hope. And then in the 81st minute, Rashid Ghazal gets an, a goal to make it 5-4. Lyon just needed one more against what then became 10-man Ajax. They could not find an equalizer and send it to stoppage time, or send it to extra time, I should say. Ajax goes on barely. Uh, same could be said for Manchester United. Uh, they get Amaro and Fellaini goal of all things in the 17th minute against Celta Vigo, uh, but then Facundo Roncaglia equalized 1-1 on the day as United still led 2-1 on aggregate, but Vigo with just one more goal would have won it, and they almost did as uh, they had a golden opportunity right at the very last kick of the game wide open net could not convert and somehow some way united 
advanced. So we get Ajax versus United in the Europa League final. And Wes, as you mentioned earlier, if Manchester United wins, they get a fifth Premier League team into the Champions League group stage, potentially. Um, but this match will be taking place next Thursday. Josie's already arrested everybody in advance of that. Uh, who uh, versus uh, when it's Ajax versus United, a very fun young Ajax team that, much like we talk about Monaco, is probably going to get blown up. Um, who is taking that Champions League spot between these two teams in Sweden? Oh, you know it's going to be Ajax. I'm going with the youth. Going with the youth. Uh, if, the you youth. know, as last time we're playing, this would be have a, a really fun little uh, backstory. Zlatan, uh, former Ajax man himself, uh, playing against the old club. Mm -hmm. No Zlatan, no chance for United. Ajax are walking out winners. Well, that would be brilliant. We will see if that is what happens. And we'll be back, um, not next week, because the match again takes place next Thursday. So unfortunately, <laughs> um, it will be a couple podcasts before we can let you guys know about the results from there. Uh, Champions League still going on, as we know. Uh, June 3rd is when that final will be, instead of as usually as the Sunday mm -hmm. or Saturday after the Europa League final. So whatever reason, we're just not going to nope. do that. Um, so instead, we're going to hit um, real quick a couple breaking stories. Uh, Juventus did beat Lazio 2-0 for their third straight Coppa Italia victory. And Monaco, we just mentioned Monaco, Wes, Monaco uh, beats San Etienne. They have clinched the Le Une title. Monaco, in maybe their last act, as they are all together, <laughs> they end PSG's reign, Wes, and uh, get their first League One title since 2000. So uh, I guess big congrats to Monaco for for knocking off the uh, the oil money and uh, to player of the year in League One, Edison Cavani. I just say... You are nothing without Zlatan. You are nothing. Not, even though he was the French player of the year. <laughs> um, had nope. a great, had a, had a great uh, individual season. But, you know, you really saw a step back from PSG. Um, they, they just didn't seem like they had a sense of urgency this season. I think... We saw it in the yeah, Champions League, I, too. I saw some complacency kind of creep in. You're going to see some... You're going to see some turnover at PSG coming up in the summer. They're already talking about Blaise Matuidi maybe on his way to United. Um, new manager most likely on the way in. Uh, there there have been talks of Cavani going back to Napoli. Uh, I find that hard to fathom at the moment, but you never know. Crazier things yeah. have happened. Um, but it was, it was just a really underwhelming season for PSG. I mean... Most other teams, when they take it to the last day of the season, maybe they get pipped. Oh, hey, guys, it was, a, it was a good effort. We'll get them next season. No, PSG, they're pissed because that league is basically a one-horse team. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's much more akin to the Bundesliga than to, you know, even Serie A or Spain or England. PSG, with all that money and all the investment they've made, they're supposed to win. So, you know, not the uh, – not the end of the season that they were looking for. So we're going to see some heads roll, I think, at PSG. But for Monaco, it's so exciting, but you know it's about to come to an end in just a few weeks because, I mean, that team's about to be completely changed. 
So uh, maybe they'll keep That's maybe they'll keep Falcao. Falcao back from the dead. Um, well, as talking about heads will roll, let's hit the news and notes. And one already has, and no, it's not the the boss at PSG. It's instead the boss at Watford. That's the new favorite game for Watford. Fire your coach. Um, Walter Mazzari is gone. Um, there has been talk of player unrest, um, especially with captain Fat Drake Troy Deeney. The great Troy Deeney not happy as he's been benched in, I believe, four of the last five matches. Um, and a lot of the talk is that Marco Silva possibly coming from Hull as uh, because Hull is relegated, he can leave on a free transfer, basically, um, to use a little bit of player parlance there. Um, but Wes, this is, as we've said before, we say it again, this is another new coach for Watford. And, and while, yes, they did finish near the bottom of the Premier League table this year, it, it's hard for me to imagine any sort of stability with the Hornets as they keep this great managerial turnover. It's one of the things, I mean, they've shown since they got the Italian ownership, they have been very, very quick trigger with the with the managerial changes. And, I mean, you know, in their defense, it did get them up to the Premier League. Now, in the Premier League, you would almost hope and maybe they would just calm down a little bit and just let things play out and see what happens. But they're not. And, you know, staving off relegation in the Premier League is always the number one goal if you're a mid-table or lower-type squad. So, you know, it's, it's just what they do. And, I mean, we're, we're certainly not going to change them, I guess. Uh, that just seems like it's going to be their MO. Well, and it's just so weird because, you know, they have as many points right now as Burnley. Nobody's talking about firing Sean Dyche. You know, they have one less point than Mark Hughes' Stoke. They have one less point than Sam Allardice's Crystal Palace. They have two less points than Slavin Bilic's West Ham. Slavin Bilic's West Ham, who last year finished seventh and almost made it to the Europa League. I say almost because they lost a playoff team to someone who nobody remembers. Um, and yet, yeah, on purpose. And yet all of them are keeping their jobs seemingly. So it's just a bit, as you said, it is their MO, but it's just a bit mind-boggling that Watford keeps going through this process. Again, if there is player turmoil, then I understand it. But, like, guys, just settle on somebody for, like, a couple years maybe next time. You know, maybe Marco Silva would be good for them. We'll see if that's where he goes. They've also talked about Silva potentially going maybe to Southampton which would be kind of not, uh, an interesting move to move away from Claude Puyol there after, I believe, just one year. So we'll, we'll see what uh, – there's there's definitely going to be some shakeups very quickly as we head to Championship Sunday. Uh, another place we might see a shakeup next year potentially, um, and that is with U.S. soccer. Um, Sunil Galati, who has run unopposed as U.S. Soccer Federation president for the last three terms – may be indeed challenges next time. Uh, Stephen Gans, a Boston attorney, uh, told the Washington Post on Monday that he has begun to explore a potential run at uh, for the U.S. soccer presidency. Uh, Gans is 56 uh, and has, as the Washington Post describes, myriad connections to the soccer community of over several decades. And as he uh, told the, uh, the Washington Post, quote, emphasis mine, this is America. Again, he's from Boston, so I know that's a terrible accent, but just go with me here. And it's amazing to me that such a big position, 
no one has ever run against Sunil. There needs to be a challenger. He hasn't demonstrated such a great track record. I don't think the direction at the pro and youth level is so great. There are a lot of disenchanted people out there. And, you know, Wes, I think that comes mainly from, you know, the whole Jurgen Klinsmann saga. And and a lot of people tied Klinsmann to Gulasi. That was that was Gulasi's guy in a lot of ways. And and for him to be sort of relieved of command uh, as he was, I think some people start to look at Gulati, and obviously Gulati is very powerful. Um, he's, he's trying to bring the World Cup in 2026 to North America, with the United States hosting a big part of that. Um, he's also on quite a few FIFA uh, boards um, that, that, that he's a part of, so it would be very interesting if... U.S. soccer went to a different leadership position, especially because uh, the the presidency would change next year. Um, that would be just about the time that the, uh, the all the World Cup stuff would have to be put into place. So, Wes, um, Gulati would only be able to run for one more term, but it seems very interesting to see if, if Gans can actually provide a challenge to Gulati and uh, whether... I mean, I think the fact that there even is a challenger seems to be a referendum on Gulati's position and stability right now in U.S. soccer. Uh, I mean, there's always a chance, you know, things go to election. <laughs> this is America, after all. Yeah. All you got to do is actually put it smart. to an election and see what happens. Um, I don't think Gulati's done a bad job. I mean, if you look at where the United States has come from, I mean, mm-hmm. U.S. soccer has come from the wilderness into a world mindset. I mean, they're not world beaters yet, but, I mean, the the progress has been made, especially over the last 20 years for the United States, I think has been magnificent. Uh, When you look down at the U-17s around that group, some really, really, really promising players coming up. They just did really well in uh, one of the tournaments they were at. Uh, I think the United States is in an ascendancy mode right now. That said, I'm not going to say that a change in leadership might not help. You know, it could help, it might hinder, but hey, it's kind of like he said, a little tongue-in-cheek, you know, it's the American way. Hey, let's let's have a choice. Well, we'll see if uh, if they elect to go with him in such a critical time in uh, U.S. soccer with, as, as you mentioned, I think, Wes, a lot of good young players coming up, not likes of Christian Pulisic and DeAndre Edlin and John Brooks. Um, you really don't want to spoil their time in U.S. soccer, what little time they have, and little in quotation marks, which could be 15 years, and that could be three World Cups only. So you don't want to waste that uh, with poor leadership. Um, we certainly don't have poor leadership here, but we do have to take a quick commercial break. When we are come back, it will be time for Watch for So Raw and maybe the end of penalties for Sheffield Wednesday and Huddersfield Town. You're listening to the A Foreign Affair podcast back in a mo. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. And welcome back to the Foreign Affair Podcast, brought to you by NGSC Sports and I'm Next USA. I'm Edward Green, joined as always by McCollin Crime West Bradshaw. Wes, we've done our soccer talk for the day. Let's hit the watch for what are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? 
Uh, Ed, we're coming up on finale time for our winter to spring yeah. television shows. Um, I know. Uh, Brotmeyer season finale, I believe, is tonight. That being Wednesday night while we're taping this. Uh, I may be mm-hmm. wrong, but I do believe it's Brotmeyer season finale. Definitely looking forward to that. I've enjoyed season one of Brotmeyer. Um, <laughs> he reminds me why I wanted to be a broadcaster. Same Obviously man. all for alcohol and women, but anyway. Um narrate your own sex oh my god Uh, um, also you know coming up I don't believe they're quite at finale time yet but Archer just Archer just keeps chugging along I've really enjoyed Archer this year I haven't haven't heard a lot of chatter about Archer as much as in the past I've really enjoyed it though two episodes left Um, and penultimate penultimate this week okay so two more again and then, Ed, one to look forward to, folks, your summer television. You never quite know what you're going to get during the summer, but keep your eye on FX on July 5th for John Singleton's new show coming out, Snowfall. Snowfall mm-hmm. is going to chronicle the rise and the uh, kind of the, the run of the crack of words, folks, words. I'm an orator. Yeah. Uh, it's going to chronicle the rise and the... I guess, eventual run of the crack epidemic in Los Angeles back in the 1980s. Um, FX has done... You guys know, listen here, I've loved some of these originals that FX has done. Uh, The OJ, the OJ trial show, um, you know, a lot of the shows, they just, they've done some really good stuff and I I expect this to be really good as well. You know, John Singleton kind of has that, um, that, that, intricate look into uh, inner city America and into the black community um, and I just I'm, I'm really looking forward to a really really good show and like I said that kicks off on July 5th so as the summer into the fall goes yeah, I'll be giving you guys my thoughts on that show going forward but I'm really that's what I'm just really excited about fantastic um, I will tell you what, if you had told me even a month ago that one of my new favorite shows would feature Horatio Sands of former SNL somewhat <laughs> fame and Nicole Richie, I would have punched you square in the face because there is no way that could be true. And yet it is somehow, some way. This is one of my new favorite shows. It's called Great News. It's about a uh, news station in New Jersey uh, where the main character's mother comes to work with her as an intern. Um, the woman there being a, a features producer. Um, and I, I, Nicole Richie playing an incredibly vapid co-anchor on the show um, who believes that in a discussion about lemonade and iced tea, Instead of talking about the drink, they're talking about the rapper and the Beyonce album. Um, this is lemonade. Lemonade. It's gonna win a lot of awards. Um, I'm through two episodes. They've, I believe, aired. Um, looking at my thing here, they've uh, they've aired eight of them, eight of the ten for this season. Already been picked up for a season two, so I have no problem recommending this show. Um, it also features uh, John Michael Higgins, who has been in so many things. Um, he's fantastic in this. Uh, Adam Campbell um, has been in a couple things. I don't really remember anything right now. Um, but I promise you he was. Uh, this is a cast that you won't recognize that many people. And the ones, again, I was watching this with, uh, I, I, I watched this by myself one night, the first two episodes, and loved it. 
and I introduced it to one named producer Jackie. And as soon as she saw the artwork and saw that Nicole Richie, she turned to me and said, I'm going to hate this. And I said, no, 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 just, just, just give it a chance. I know Nicole Richie's in it, just, just give it a chance. And she ended up loving it. And, and Nicole Richie plays exactly the kind of character you think she was. So Nicole Richie is actually a standout person in this. Um, it's fine. Um, so gotta love that, gotta love great news. And for more great news, Wes, Maybe not so great news coming out of the Bullet Club. Let's hit so wrong. <laughs> Big week for Bullet Club. Now, folks, disclaimer. Wes has had a weird work week. Uh, I have caught neither Raw nor SmackDown. They're both on the DVR. They will both be seen. But they have not been seen yet. Uh, but let's uh, let's hit a few quick things before we get into our big Bullet Club news for the week. Uh, SmackDown Live uh, had their go-home show as Backlash comes up this weekend. Jinder uh, Mahal, Randy Orton is going to be your WWE title match. It looks like Breezango is going to be taking on the Usos for the tag team titles. And that's actually, you know, if you get a chance to see them, Breezango are ungodly entertaining. Um, Tyler Breeze, Fandango... It was one of those they were thrown together because neither of them had anything to do. And as SmackDown has kind of proven since going to the SmackDown Live format, that group is really good at making chicken salad out of chicken shit. So those guys, those guys are the latest to kind of get that, uh, that, that little rub. And they, they're doing some really good things. That's something to definitely keep your eye on. So pay-per-view Sunday night coming up. Have to put eyes on that one. Um... Out of the ring is where the biggest news kind of comes this week in WWE. Braun Strowman, who right now being pushed as the monster heel, was maybe in line to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. He had elbow surgery, uh, and it looks like he's going to be out the next six to eight months. After they went in initially hoping it would be six to eight weeks, it turns out his elbow was completely smashed. Six months probably for Braun Strowman, and that unfortunately puts the brakes on one of the better heel monster heel pushes especially that we've seen in a while in wwe a guy who you know he he was the one who turned fans to his side not not trying to as a bad guy but you know when you're just obliterating roman reigns week in and week out you can't help but be everybody's favorite wrestler we love you oh man so that that really sucks he's been so good he's very entertaining guy so hopefully a speedy recovery for him and when he gets back, hopefully he'll be able to hop back into a top spot because I think they saw a lot of good signs in him uh, during this run of his. All right, now the news of the week in wrestling. Oh, I'm ready. Is not WWE related, even though there could be a little part of it. Uh, War of the Worlds was this past weekend. Uh, the Ring of Honor show. Uh, that brings together New Japan and Ring of Honor for a really good show every year. And Ed, the big news out of the Bullet Club, the top faction in the world, as Adam Cole, baby, was unceremoniously dumped from the Bullet Club uh, by his, uh, his super click brethren, the Young Bucks, and the newest member of the Bullet Club, Marty Skrull, the villain, I think you would you would quite appreciate Marty Skrull, I believe it. He's a very has some very theatrical uh, things to him. He's British. You know we love a good Brit. Yeah. 
Brits are our favorite. Yeah. We, we love a good Brit. Uh, he carries an umbrella. Good times. Um, after Adam Cole uh, lost to Tanahashi, the Bucks came out. Now it's kind of a, it was an open no fat that that was probably going to be Adam Cole's last match in Ring of Honor. Uh, he is kind of the hottest free agent on the market right now, and there is a lot of talk of him going to NXT, which would make Wes a very very happy camper uh, to see Adam Cole <laughs> come to NXT. And so afterwards, they had what was supposed to be like a curtain call. Uh, where the Young Bucks came out, they hugged, they two-sweeted, everything was great. Then the lights went out, Skrull showed up, the Young Bucks hit uh, Cole with the double drop kick, and then had the iconic moment of Skrull holding up Cole's head with the umbrella, and the Bucks giving Adam Cole a uh, kiss on each cheek, which is a, a throwback to uh, kind of their asshole gimmick that, that uh, Cole and the Bucks ran together. Um, so Rushmore 2.0, uh, Cole, the Bucks, and Kevin, now Kevin Owens used to be Kevin Steen. They were Rushmore uh, when they were in Pro Wrestling Gorilla together. Um, so that means uh, Steen, who once again, now Kevin Owens, big time guy in WWE. Um, a lot of people hoping Adam Cole is going that way next. I would love to see Adam Cole show up at TakeOver. Oh my God, that would be amazing to see Adam Cole show up at TakeOver. Might be a little too quick, but we'll see. Um, but the future is bright for the young man uh, from Florida, state of Florida, Ed, one of our favorite states for, for news. Love it. Um, nothing but, bad ever happens there. No, nothing bad ever happens in Florida. Florida's the China of America. <laughs> or maybe China's <laughs> the Florida of the international world. We'll see. Um, but anyway, something to keep your eye on going forward. Adam Cole, hopefully heading into the WWE system. And for Bullet Club, a new iteration as Marty Skrull takes over maybe in the, uh, the the Ring of Honor side of, uh, of Bullet Club with, of course, Kenny Omega still running Roost overall uh, and in Japan. And that is your Sarah. Nice. Uh, well, we do actually have a little bit of news still to get to. Uh, you can punch one more ticket to oh. Wembley. It is official. Wes, I won't keep you in suspense any longer. Huddersfield Town, 4-3 on penalties. They'll be heading to Wembley to take on Reading. Uh, Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday bows out, so Wes's pick. Still, Still a chance. We'll see on May 29th if they're able to pull it off and make a award. He's the man. Hey, maybe. But do you want him to, to... be able to come up and be Huddersfield's goalie, or do you want him to not come up and become Liverpool's goalie? And I'm actually kind of kind of happy with my goalie situation at the moment. Um, we'll see. <laughs> hey, you know what? If I, if if they come up, hey, who knows? Maybe we loan Ward back out to him one more year. He gets a full year Premier League experience. Well, and speaking of experience, I had one uh, also with uh, one name producer, uh, Jackie, last uh, Saturday night. Um, I didn't mention it. I forgot to in the Watch 4 because I was so enamored with great news. But let me tell you something. It wasn't the only great thing I watched this weekend. That Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is a pretty fucking good movie. The, boy, me, uh, oh. the boy wins on Guardians 2, and he was, uh, he was very complimentary of it. 
Let me let me just let me just I, I I promise you you will you will love it. If you love the first one, you will love this one. Um all I'm gonna say is I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Great. Congratulations. Great. And and there's also I will this isn't a spoiler. Um I think not too much at least. Um we do have a, a not too brief cameo from one Sylvester Stallone as a character in the second one yes and he is not the only uh, kurt russell also in it we know it as plain ego um not the only 80s television movie stars to make an appearance there is another one that makes a very very like five second brief cameo near the end of this movie that is amazing and wonderful and that's all i'm going to say about it so Please, if you have a soul, go watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's Trey Magnifique. As as someone would say, Wes, it is too sweet. And folks, even if you don't have a soul, if you're one of our red-headed listeners, go check it out as well. There you go. Um, so that is going to now do it for the Afford Fair Podcast, Episode 158. We will be back next week, back, I believe, in our regular time slot to record um, as we are going to wrap up the Premier League final week. Championship Sunday is upon us. We will know the four teams heading to the Champions League and how Arsenal will be doing in the Europa League next year. Um, We'll also have uh, one real quick preview on the Europa League as well as more news and notes as we're also getting ready to crack open that window known as the summer transfer period. Um, But before we get to that, Wes, anything else to say before we get out of here? Uh, Nothing big to add. It's heating up here in Eastern North Carolina, Ed, and as we're heating up, the end of football season is coming to an end. It'll be horrible for us, but we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to hold out for a few months, Ed. Going to go see those uh, NC Courage ladies up in the up in the Raleigh area. Fantastic! I'm so glad to hear that they are they are a lovely team. We got a shout out on the men in blazers the other a couple oh, weeks ago. That dude. was fantastic. Um, courage, watch courage. So go check that out. Um, uh, also, big thanks to our podcast providers, podbean.com, the iTunes Music Store, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, the iTunes Music Store, and Google Play Music. Also, as always, this podcast is powered by Zencaster. Um, programming note, I will also be on the Game Crunch podcast next week. Don't know when it comes out officially, but I will be recording it next Monday to talk about nerd shit, probably some MOBAs, um, and how bad TSM is. Um, and finally... Um, there's one more thing I feel like I need to mention. Um, I don't know what it is. So on that note, for my call in crime, Wes Bradshaw, I'm Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. In the meantime, oh, I know what it was. I'll do it after the we, we finish it. Stay safe and enjoy the football. Good night, Monica. Hope you enjoy this. I'll come into an end. Um, okay, so what I was going to say is, um, because nobody needs to listen to this podcast now that they already have finished it, um, a podcast they should actually go listen to, go listen to a Kyle Martino's podcast. I don't remember what it's called. I don't care. Um, his guest this week, one lady, Rebecca Lowe. Oh,
full 45 plus minute discussion with Lady Rebecca. I was absolutely enthralled with it. It's a great podcast. She's funny, she's insightful. She talks about the problems of sexism, a very real problem in uh, England. So honestly, go check it out. Not gonna comment, so. It's a, it's a, seriously, it's a great pot. I'm, I'm also directing this as well to you. I think you will really enjoy listening to it. I, I haven't listened to any of other Mark Tito's podcasts, but this one is Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.